Hey, what's up? what's up? How are you? Good, how are you? Good to see you. Good to see you too. You ready to do I'm this? I'm ready. Let's do it. Awesome. <laughs> On this episode of Fitness Junkies, we meet fitness influencer Christina Lauren at UFC Fit Silverado, where she shows us some of her favorite exercises. One for upper body. Keeping a nice, soft elbow. You don't want to put any strain on your elbow here because it can be a little bit heavy. One for core. Squeezing, squeezing, squeezing the entire time all the way through your abs, all the way to your toes. And one for lower body. All the way up and squeeze. I'll go for 10. Yeah, this is the with one. The this is my favorite one here. You have to really like sink into the glute. <laughs> so stay tuned and enjoy the episode. What's up, Fit Fam? This is Giovanni of Geo's Logic, your host of Fitness Junkies. I hope this show meets you in good health and spirits. And if not, I hope it inspires you to do something about it. Today's episode is about empowering others. And just to start off, what's the definition of empower? Empower means make someone stronger or more confident, especially in controlling their life and claiming their rights. And my guest co-host, Christina Lauren, exemplifies that and she's building a brand around empowering women hi christina hi how are you today? i'm great so awesome. excited to be here i'm excited to have you here um so let's talk about your fitness journey and how you got to here and how and who you are today well, growing up, I started as a competition cheerleader and dancer. And when I got out of college and wanted to find something to make myself fit again after the years of going, you know, doing the partying when you're 21 and everything like that, you get to a point where you're like, I'm not really happy with myself or what I'm looking like. I want to be better. So I really wanted to challenge myself. And since I wasn't doing sports anymore or cheerleading for that matter, I got into the gym and found a love for bettering myself. And I went through a couple ups and downs over the younger years of being like 21 through 25. Was that a couple of years ago? Uh, no, I'm 33. <laughs> Thank no, you. I'll take it. <laughs> but I found myself really lost and I was, I don't want to say I was in a dark place, but I was really unsure of who I was. And I wanted to find something to help me get back to who I really was as a person. And I wasn't sure if that was the gym, but I used this as a way to kind of just better myself. And I actually wound up going to a UFC gym that just opened up where I used to live in Huntington Beach. And I found myself really falling into a good healthy mindset there and so I used the gym as a way to discover who I was I did a challenge with them it's almost like um, they call it the challenge actually and it's more of like an agility competition you train for 12 weeks with a trainer and you compete against everybody in your gym and I trained really hard for 12 weeks and I wound up winning the whole thing and it was a really big turning point in my life because I really realized what I was capable of and not too long after that, I fell into the world of competing. I always loved being on stage from my cheer and dance years. And so when I discovered the WBFF, it wasn't so hardcore bodybuilding to me because it, all ha because it has kind of like a glamorous side to it too. And it caught my eye. And so I got into the, um, into the competition world and I fell in love with it. And I did my first show in 2018 and I went pro my first show. I felt 
very accomplished. And ever since then, it's been a journey to better myself for the stage and for myself and just to see how much better I can do every single year. But in the process of competing, I also realized a lot of things about myself too. And a lot of things I wanted to share with other women and not just in the competition world, but just as a woman in general and the things we go through in life and how we deal with things and how to become a better person for yourself, not just how to become better to show up on stage. So that actually led me into branding what I do now as an influencer and as a women's empowerment coach. And now we're here and it just keeps getting better and better. And I truly feel like I found my purpose and everything keeps has lined up since then. So that's kind of where I wound up today. That's awesome. I um, had a very similar journey, except I was playing football, not cheering for uh, the football <laughs> Other side. <laughs> yeah. But um, I got into training, and my niche became uh, helping women become empowered in their relationships, in their life, through fitness and nutrition. And I believe because I am so authentic and um, encouraging and I'm not threatening, mm -hmm. um, I don't cross that line with any right. of my clients. So I fell into that, even though I wasn't really planning on focusing on women, say, you know, 30 to 50 or right. 60 even. But um, not that I don't empower men as well, because I am a product of what I teach. I walk the walk. Mm -hmm. um, do you find that one of the things I love about training people is it's so fulfilling and it helps me be more accountable to my fitness plan? A hundred percent. I find the same thing. I actually found that when I started having more clients and not just in person, but online clients, it was helping hold me more accountable because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm making these girls check in. I'm like, my check-in sucked this last week. <laughs> like I really needed to get on it. Right. So in that process of making other women better, and just like you said, I, my business is geared towards women, but I definitely wouldn't shy away from inspiring a man to be better as well. But during this whole process, it's made me a better person. It's almost like, you know, when you teach somebody something, it almost teaches you again. Like you it 100%. kind of reinstills something. So me becoming a coach actually made me a better athlete. 100%. I actually tell my clients that I'm probably getting more out of this mm -hmm. than you are. Yeah, they give back to me too. They have no yeah. idea. Yeah. They really yes, do. So much, so much, so much. Um, so why, um, why was it so important? And I know it's probably something in the struggle Mm -hmm. that you were like, I no, don't want to just train these women and make them do 100 squats. I want to empower them to, to take control of it. What was, what was the catalyst in that? I already felt myself getting emotional about this. Oh. <laughs> I, there was a lot of things, but during COVID especially, when I started talking to my clients even more so than I normally do, it brought out a lot of struggle. And I'm such an empath, like I feel people's energy a million miles away. So hearing my clients go through struggles, I had some clients that were stuck in abusive relationships. Um, I had some clients that, you know, were just going through the struggles of COVID in general, and it was really taking a, a toll on their mental health. 
And I started doing these weekly Zoom calls with my clients just to kind of help raise morale. And they had no idea that I was going through really tough times too, because I would try my best. Not that bottling it up is the thing to do because it's not, I will say that, but I didn't want to dump my stuff onto them. I was supposed to be there for them. To see them and hear them going through these things, I realized I had to be there for them. And to see them all the way through that on the other side and see how well they did and have them there to be like, you know what, Christina, no one's taken the time to talk to me like that in a very long time. It was kind of eye-opening to me because not everyone has a support system. Not everyone has like a solid group of friends or a solid significant other or family they can turn to. So sometimes they're looking to you to be that backbone for them. And it was crazy because I was able to help them. And I, at the time, I really wasn't able to help myself. Mm. So they helped me and they had no idea. And during that process, I just realized how big the mindset idea was into mindset coaching, into confidence building, into empowerment, things like that. And I wound up having to use my own coaching on myself later that year when I went through some of the hardest things I've ever gone through on a personal level to make myself better. And I realized on the, like the other side of it, I healed myself. So I know we all have that inside to be able to be our own healers and to make ourselves better and empower ourselves. But not everyone has the tools or the knowledge to pull that out of themselves. Right. And that sometimes takes someone to sit down with them or to coach them or even just a random stranger to wind up having a conversation with. And it just like something they say makes a big change. Right. So I think it's just so important. There's a lot of women who can get stuck in situations they shouldn't be stuck in for many different reasons in many different areas of their lives. But sometimes they just need somebody to like say something to them or to help them. And I've always been that person that wants to help. So why not utilize it in a business that aligns with my passion? Yeah, so important. The crazy thing is, like you were saying, a lot of people don't have that support mm -hmm. system. And the statistics say that it's true. Mm -hmm. Not only might you not have a support system, you might have a significant other and still not have a support system, Right. which is a great place for someone like you to step in mm -hmm. and be that person. Did you have anybody or was this something like you had to do on to yourself? At the time I was with my ex fiance. So I did have a support system and my ex fiance, I will always say was very supportive of me. He never made me feel like I couldn't do something as far as like in the fitness world or with what I wanted to do. He was actually a great supporter of that. So at the time I really did have a support system and I had someone to lean on. And I also have a big group of friends who are athletes. So I know who I could lean on to help me when I needed someone to kick me in the ass or be like, you know, you're slacking or you can do this. And I have my own coach as well. It wasn't until him and I unfortunately did not work out for some terrible reasons that I fell into a really bad place and I had to be picked up off my feet or I'm sorry, picked back up and put back on my feet because I had the rug pulled out from underneath me. So I know what terrible breakups can be like. I know what not having both parents can be like. I can't say that I know what it's like to not have a support system because I always have had some kind of support system. And I feel very blessed and lucky to be able to say that because not, like you said, not everyone can say that. Yeah. Um, so with 
your training and coaching and you're competing, it's a very tenuous journey mm -hmm. going into a place where you're basically signing up to be object objectified yeah. in next to nothing on you on right. stage <laughs> in front of a bunch of strangers. How do you take women that want to try that and, and, and explain how delicate that path is? It's so delicate. Like, I personally, I've been on stage my whole life, like I said, with cheerleading and dancing. So I'm used to being on stage in next to nothing. T to me, <laughs> I like, I don't, I don't see it the same way the average person would see it. It's, it's almost like, I guess I'm just so used to it. So I don't see it like that, but I do know what it could be like for someone who isn't used to it. And I will say, and I'll tell every single girl who comes to me, is like, I want to compete. I want to compete. And I'm like, okay, why? And are you ready for it? We have to really talk about this because you're about to put yourself on a stage, like you said, and next to nothing and parade around in front of a panel of judges and have them judge you on your body, which for a woman is one of the hardest things to be judged on. You are not only objectifying yourself. Some people would think, some people have said that I'm exploiting myself, which I hate that word so much because it's not about that. But you're also showcasing your hard work, which is the side of it that I like to look on, look mm. at. Mm -hmm. But some girls will just want to compete because they want to win or they want to have the best body. But in reality, you have to remember that these judges are looking for something very specific and you are fitting a mold. So if you get denied or you don't win, you have to be ready and strong enough to understand that that has nothing to do with you. And it has nothing to do with what you look like or how much progress you've made. There comes a point in that competition where they're looking to see if you fit what they want you to look like. So if you want to compete, that's great. You have to have that mindset. If you just want to have a really good body year round, co competing isn't necessarily for you because that body is also not something that you keep year round. So there's a big difference between why people want to compete and if they just want to have a great body. So they have to be doing it for the right reasons. So I really like to make sure that girls, when they talk to me, if they want to compete, they're doing it for the right reasons. So it's not going to mess with their head. Right. People just, they'll see my shredded body and they'll be like, oh, well you get to, you know, that's so great. And I'm like, I don't look like that right now. Like, <laughs> and I'm, gl I'm glad I don't. It's not sustainable. It's not healthy really to be like that year round. You know, having body fat on you is not a bad thing. You're right. shutting down for the stage. Right. So. I saw one of your Instagram flashback photos. You were definitely <laughs> shredded. Now the, the organization that you're, Pro, got your pro card mm -hmm. in is a little different because they do give you some other aspects of mm -hmm. who you are to show is what are the different the different things that make up your organization right so the organization i compete in is the wbff they like to explain it that it's like it's it's um passion and not passion um pageant and fashion meets fitness. So we're more fitness models than bodybuilders. Not that we don't go through the same things. My training looks very similar to what an NPC IFBB competitor's training looks like. But at the end of the day, their ideas and their images of what they want their athletes to look like in each division look a little bit different. And one of the biggest differences 
are that we look a little fuller. We don't get as depleted as IFBB competitors. And also the fashion aspect of it, we have two rounds. The bikini girls will do their um, bikini round. They'll also do an evening gown. The fitness girls, as well as the wellness and the figure girls will do a theme wear round, which can be, it's almost like the Victoria's Secret fashion show with fitness models, which I think is so freaking cool. And that's kind of why I got drawn to it. It was just different. And we also don't pose like bodybuilders and how they pose at NPC IFBB competitions. They have a set of poses they do. We can pose however we want. And it's more as if we were walking a runway and posing at the very end. So it's a little bit more model-esque, I guess you could say, Mm -hmm. a little bit more glamorous. And I think coming from my background, that's why I found it so attractive. Um, It was just more for me. Mm. And that's another thing too. You have to find what makes sense for you. Don't just go do something because everyone else is doing it. I did this specifically because I liked it. So that's something that's really important as well when girls are considering competing. And we were talking yesterday about the cattiness between... Mm -hmm your organization and IFBB and NPC, uh, what, what is that about? You know, what's funny is I actually, I had heard that, but I had never actually like dealt with that. Most athletes who I meet, um, no matter what organization they're in, if you meet a fellow athlete who competes in general, you automatically bond with them. I run into girls who are training at the gym and they'll see me like posing or something and automatically we want to be friends and we want to talk because we have something in common but I've, I've heard through the grapevine that, you know, some organizations don't see other organizations as good as the other. And for me and for what I do for a living, I just don't think that's conducive to a healthy environment, nor friendship or anything really. Anybody in the same industry should be respectful and, you know, supportive of each other. Right. So when I hear somebody kind of like talk crap about an organization that I'm a part of, Not only does it make me feel bad because it's rude, (laughs) but secondly, I'm like, you know, we're in the same industry. Like we should be building each other up, especially as athletes and organizers of events. Like we are setting that tone and setting that example. We are the ones that people who are not involved in our sports look up to some people who want to be like us. And if they see us with an attitude, that's terrible. We're setting us such a bad example. We need to be loving on each other realistically at the end of the day well that's that brings me to ask you this why with beautiful women women that know how the struggle is Mm -hmm. they compete and all the dealing with that with your significant other if you have a family and and the cutting and the getting the courage to put yourself out there Mm -hmm. why do you, I, I find maybe, and I could be looking from the outside in, but why is there so much cattiness with these women? Like, why are they hating so much? Like you said, why don't you lift mm-hmm. us up? Like, lift each other up. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure. This is something that I've been trying to figure out my entire life. I think we've all been in a position of cattiness before, but I will say when I go back and examine the times that I felt like that I was threatened by another female. It was because a situation was created to make me feel threatened by that female. It wasn't really how I felt about her. So I think that there are a lot of women who are wounded. Honestly, they're wounded from someone or they're wounded from something that happened to them where they're triggered 
and they haven't done the work to heal those wounds. Because I was there at one point in my life where, you know, when I wasn't confident in myself in my younger years and a girl would walk into a room, I'd be like, oh gosh, like, why is she wearing that? Or like, look, like, you know, just those like, and I like, that makes me like want to gag just thinking about that. But I think we all go through those phases of learning. That girl triggered me for some reason because she looked like somebody who may have hurt me or contributed to something that hurt me in the past. And now that I've healed myself and I'm going through all of these transitions and these awakenings in my own life, I've come to realize that that's something that we grow to get better at. Mm. But not everyone does because they don't take the time and the energy to like look within themselves and figure out what it is within themselves that this person is bringing out for them. I would have missed out on so many friendships if I had continued to think like that or be triggered or be threatened. So now if you, I mean, this is the way I look at it. If I walk into a room and I see another beautiful woman who is doing what I'm doing, maybe she's even better than me at something. I want to be friends with that person. I want to aspire to be more like that person. I want to show them that I'm open and create more friendships. And I guarantee you, a lot of the women who women are like threatened by, which causes them to be catty, that girl is probably so nice and prob- probably would be friends with them if they kind of took the time to just like have a different kind of energy exchange. But you really have to go through a lot of growth to get there because I remember what it felt like to be very intimidated by other women. Mm. And for me, it was in my younger years and I've grown thankfully, but I also see it in a lot of girls my age now. A lot of women my age and even older, they just can't. They just they just have this like cattiness about them. And I really think that they could work through those things if they looked inward and aligned with who they are really and like did the work. Mm. It makes me sad sometimes actually because I see women like this and I'm like, man, you'd probably like me if you gave me a chance and like understood right. that I actually like am a really nice person. I'm really approachable. I'm not threatening, but I've even had these interactions with some girls who will not give me the time of day because they think I'm going to be one way or the other. And sometimes it's created from outside circumstances. Sometimes it's just, you know, inside wounds that girls are still dealing with and Mm. the unhealed, you know, feminine energy. It's, it's, it's hard to work through, but it's doable. Right. And I think social media in the world that we live in. Oh God, it's so hard. It's so hard. (laughs) But looking at your IG page and getting a feel for who you were or who you are, I didn't see like ridiculous amounts of filters. I could see that you you are what you are now. Let's say you're you said you were 16 weeks out to your next show Mm -hmm. and you're not show ready and you're not hiding that you're not show ready this is who i am today and i'm healthy and i'm happy and i'd love to see more of that with that sector of of influencers i would too i would too and that's another thing i'm trying to get i'm trying to get comfortable being uncomfortable so i can make others comfortable if that makes sense right i during my first prep I'm sorry, not during my first prep, but after my first prep, when I started getting back to normal, definitely fucked with my head a little bit. And (laughs) I remember feeling like, oh, I can't post these photos. I'm not shredded. Right. I'm like, oh God, this is such a terrible place to be. Like we shouldn't be thinking like this. There's a lot of girls who won't even do photo shoots because they're not show ready. Right. 
And that's also kind of like, it's not very conducive to what we're trying to portray to others who want to be like us too. We don't want someone to think that they can't take photos unless they have a six pack. Right. Our off season body is a body that somebody else might dream of. 100%. It, and we, we forget that. Right. We really forget that. I forgot who I was talking to about this, but I remember, actually, no, it was my coach. We were having a conversation on my podcast and, you know, a girl had overheard a bunch of athletes in the gym, you know, looking at themselves, checking themselves in the mirror, like, oh my gosh, like I'm so fat. I'm so this, like I'm so out of shape. And you never know who's listening. I mean, the girl sitting two benches down from you could be her first day in the gym on her weight loss journey and could overhear you as someone who she's looking up to talking like that and want to go home and be like, oh my gosh, if she thinks she's overweight, what does that make me? Right. And we just have to be cognizant about that. And I know we can be our own, like our biggest critics. I get it. But we have to be very careful and normalize not being show ready all the time because that's not normal. It's normal in our industry to be prepping, you know, for a show or two a year. But the average person who's looking up to you to be better, they're not like that. So you kind of have to find a happy balance. So you mentioned your podcast and then I was noticing that you had something, the fearless collective Mm -hmm. and then your podcast is the fearless AF. Mm -hmm. What's the fearless collective? So the fearless collective is my brand that I'm building out when I started, which I haven't launched it yet, but when I started actually wanting to do the podcast, it came after one of um, the hardest breakups I've ever been through in my entire life, which kind of catapulted my growth, to be honest with you. And I was always really scared to do the podcast for some reason. I love talking. I love, you know, sharing my knowledge and my journey with people because I feel like it helps people. But I was very scared. But I never could really figure out what I was scared of. So that's kind of where the fearless thing came from because I want to show people that there are things you can be scared of in life. But if you can go at them with a fearless attitude, you can accomplish anything that you want. And that goes for nutrition, that goes for your fitness journey, that goes for, you know, taking a leap of faith in your life and like leaving toxic situations or, you know, changing your career around because you're following your passion. And it all kind of stemmed from this fearless mindset that I developed for myself. And I wanted to share that. So that's where I kind of coined the Fearless as Fuck podcast and I rebranded all of my coaching. So I called it the Fearless Collective because underneath the collective is the podcast. I'm working on a subscription site for conversations like this. And then also my online coaching falls under, falls under the collective as well. Nice. And you have some people that believe in you as well. Um, what was the stuff that you were drinking earlier? The... Oh, yeah. Um, I've been working with Steel Supplements for about two years now. Absolutely love the company. I was just sipping on my... What is the stuff you brought in? This is what I'm drinking now. These are my BCAAs. These really help for um, sustaining weight loss, muscle recovery. I drink these throughout the day, too, because I'm terrible at drinking water. I know that's really bad, but I'm getting better. So adding these to my water throughout the day. Um, is really great. And then I also drink this while I'm training as well. Mm-hmm. And it just really promotes lean muscle growth too. For the days that, especially if I'm if I'm missing a meal or something like that, this is going to protect my, um, my gains pretty much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is my pre-workout. I haven't taken this yet today, but this is one of my favorite ones from Steel. 
They have a bunch of different lines of pre-workouts, supplements. Um, They started their wellness line. They're also working on some new merch now. Really, really love the company. Um, All of their products are backed by science. They really, really look into all of their ingredients. And so I really support them, love the team. And yeah, they support me too, which is always great. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the companies that support me is the place where we went to do a couple of uh, key exercises mm-hmm. that you do with your workout program. That's UFC Fit Silverado. And you took us through an upper body, a core, and a lower body. So let's see what, what uh, we have for the first exercise. So today I want to show you guys my favorite shoulder finisher. I like to do these at the end of my workout, after my muscles are really fatigued, and just give myself that last little push um, to just finish off my shoulder day. And I like to do a pyramid set with the dumbbells, starting at my lightest weight, working up my way to my heaviest weight using a set of three. I'll do 10 reps at the lowest weight, 10 reps at the mid, 10 reps at the top, wait 30 seconds, and then work my way back down. It really, really fires up my shoulders, gives me a nice pump. And also at the end of my day, it's just a nice way to do a nice burnout. Awesome. I'll let you get to it. (laughs) So I do these with side lateral raises. I actually like to keep my grip all the way on the front instead of keeping my thumbs here. This way I actually am lifting straight from my pinkies and making sure I'm focusing on the round of my shoulders and hitting all areas of my delts. After 10 reps here, I'll grab the mid weight and go right into 10 more reps, keeping a nice soft elbow. You don't want to put any strain on your elbow here because it can be a little bit heavy. Finish the 10 reps here and move on to your heaviest weight. Again, lifting from the pinky, lifting all the way lateral and keeping a nice soft bend in the elbows. And now you're going to go back the other way? Yeah, you get 30 second break and then work your way back down, starting at the heaviest and working your way back down to the lightest weight. Awesome. By this time, I'm already feeling a nice burn in my shoulders, so by the end of this, I'm usually dying. Awesome. Back down to the mid-weight. And drop to the lowest weight. On the last one here, I'm going to pulse for 10 at the very top. Wow. And that's the finisher. I can see that. Burning. <laughs> yeah, and these normally my normal side lateral raise, I'll use a 10 pound. So I try and aim to have that mid weight be my normal weight. Got because it. even though five sounds light, it's a killer at the very end. So that's kind of how I assess where my weight should be with my dumbbells. That was awesome. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> That was cool. I'm like dying at the end. (laughs) Yeah. I love this show because all the people that I have as guests usually know their stuff. And again, one of the layers that you sometimes don't give people credit for on social media is do they know what they're doing? Mm -hmm. Are they just what I would consider an Instagram workout chick? You know your stuff. And I remember I used to do that exact set and I haven't done it in a while. And like, oh, wow. Just like reminds you. Yeah, I need to bring that back. (laughs) That's what's kind of cool about training and being open to making new friends and training with new athletes. Because um, my girlfriend, Evelyn, who actually competes in the IFBB or MPC, she um, reminded me of those two. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I haven't done these in forever. And I started using them as my finisher. 
but you just get you get really cool ideas from people from working with different kinds of people you know especially if you're open if you're open you have to be open or you're going to miss out on so many opportunities not just like in life but with people and yeah and it's 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 really um exciting when i see women like knowing their stuff in the gym i I guess it's because i'm a gym rat Mm -hmm. (laughs) but um when you know what you're doing you know how to instruct someone else to do it um and people if you're not watching this on youtube you got to go over to youtube it's it's a lot to see um it's it's just it's just inspiring to me and I, i guess that's i'm one at one level i'm edifying you but on one level i'm saying that that's not normal but Mm -hmm. it kind of is in the gym world women tend to not be as comfortable and knowledgeable Mm -hmm. as a generalization so it's really nice to see when a woman a woman is really educated and know what she's doing and knows how to work a muscle knows proper Mm -hmm. form and can teach someone else right and i appreciate you saying that because it is you know it is actually very intimidating for me to speak on camera when i'm training because even though i've been in the fitness industry for a long time i'm still not as well versed as someone who is a full-time personal trainer you know so when i go to speak about what i do i'm speaking from experience and my experience and my personal education and I am an ISSA certified personal trainer. I've, I've had my trainings. I've also, you know, been training for, I want to say six years now underneath other coaches. So I have learned, but people on social media are very quick to slam you down and pick you apart. So I definitely in the past have been intimidated where, you know, I did, um, I have a very like, um, big like curve in my back from years of cheerleading and not that my posture is actually really great, but my back just has a little bit of a tilt to it Mm -hmm. and people will always rip me apart for not having good form. And I'm like, you have no idea like how much I'm fighting and working on being better, but people are very quick to judge that you have no idea what you're doing or, you know, it's not even that it's when people who are quick to be like, Oh, you're just another fitness girl on Instagram. And I'm like, you have no idea what no. I do. You have no idea, but you know, that just goes with the whole internet troll thing that comes with the territory. You know? yes. So, yes. <laughs> um, so we did another exercise over there. We did some mm-hmm. core stuff. Let's see what, uh, she's got for us for core. So I typically like to do a lot of core exercises that are going to be long and lengthy. That way I'm not constricting my abs, especially for me personally, I have a very small, short torso. And so for me, lengthening is very important and not overdeveloping in order to keep my stomach nice and flat and toned. Mind you, nutrition is a huge, huge, huge important part of like how visible your abs are. These are just to strengthen and tighten. But if you don't have a strong core, you're going to fall short in other areas of your training because you can't hold your center very well. So there's a few small exercises I like to do with the yoga ball and also planks that really help strengthen my core. I try to trade it about once or twice a week. So for this exercise, grab a yoga ball, sit all the way back, keep your core nice and engaged as you lift your feet up. And all you're going to do is bring your knees to your chest and extend out until you can feel that stretch. Bring them back in and extend. And you're gonna go for 10. Squeezing, squeezing, squeezing the entire time, all the way through your abs. 
all the way to your toes. And after you get to 10, the second movement is actually right here in the same position. Extend the legs and just like a bicycle crunch, bring one knee up at a time. And the third movement, in a push-up position, you're going to place your feet on the yoga ball. Again, keeping your core engaged the entire time. Feet flat on the ball, tops of your feet should be nice and flat. Hold your core, keep your butt out of the air, and drag the ball into your chest, and extend out. Breathing out on the way in. Nice hold and squeeze at the very top. Squeeze right here and extend. Remember, don't drop your back and keep your butt out of the air. You want to stay nice and even and elevated the entire time. Sorry, that one's so hard to talk during. <laughs> right? That was great. That was great. Wow. Those are some bright red bands. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to fix that in post. I don't know. Um, so that was incredible. Um, I didn't get to ask you why the ball. Was it to support your lower back? As because you could have done those on the ground as well. I actually find that using the ball makes you more unstable, mm. which makes you have to engage your core. So it's actually harder to use something, a variable like, a yoga ball or a BOSU ball because you're uneven. So it actually makes you work harder the entire time. But yeah, you could do those on a bench, you know, just actually sit on a bench and do that. But to kind of create a more unstable platform, I use the yoga ball to become more challenging. And it's so funny. We talked about this yesterday that you could probably do three or four sets of, you know, 20 or 25 of all three of those exercises. And we only did one of, or two and you're winded. It's so weird when you're trying to talk and you're a dancer as well. Mm -hmm. Do you sing as well? I, mean, I wish. <laughs> I sing in my, I love to sing. I don't think I have a great voice though. <laughs> okay. Okay. You have a good talking voice. So maybe you do. Thanks. Somewhere deep in there. It's in there. <laughs> bring it up. Empower your voice. Um, but yeah, it's so hard while you're exercising, even though you're not doing anything more than you would normally do. Right. And, but just talking is, it just adds a whole nother level. 100%. Um, so our third exercise was legs. Let's see what you got <laughs> for our leg exercise. So one of my favorite leg combinations is actually something very simple on the leg press machine, except I add, like to add a little bit of variables. Okay. I add a resistance band around my thighs just to give it the extra resistance. And I'll do three different foot positions to hit every area of my legs. And then also do a burnout with calves at the very end. So first position, I'll start with a very, very wide stance. Toes at the very edge, pointing out. Come all the way down, just enough that I'm far enough down where I'm holding the resistance because I'm not letting go of everything. Push all the way up and squeeze. And I'll go for 10. Next 10, regular stance, shoulder width apart. Last position, feet together. And I'll place this one a little bit higher, that way I can get full range of motion. And at the very end, I'll place my toes here for calf raises and just do as many as I can. 
And again, this will be my finisher after I finish my leg press set, which is usually about four sets of 10 to 12 with my, oh my gosh, I can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> my regular set on leg press will be about four sets of 10 to 12, increasing my weight every single time. And this will be my burnout at the very end. <sighs> excellent, excellent. <laughs> so you like to do a lot of finishing stuff, mm -hmm. um, which, I used to do, but I don't mm -hmm. anymore. But I think I'm going to bring it back. Yeah. What do you feel that does for you as far as results? I just, I've actually started implementing that recently. And okay. it was because I started training with someone who I made friends with and hadn't trained with before. And I forgot that I used to do this all the time. Mm -hmm. But I feel like normally when I go through my sets, I'll just kind of go through them. I'll get lazy, things like that. But having something super challenging at the end creates such a burn for me that I actually feel like it's just that little extra I need. Mm -hmm. And the days where I have finishing sets like that, or I'll do a drop set or something like that, the next day I feel so much of a difference than what I would normally feel after just a regular, like here's my four sets of 10 to 12 of everything. So it just kind of, it kind of shocks your muscles and shocks your body into working a little bit harder. And you know, you'll even find yourself with super light weights, just like dying, right. you know, not able to get five pounds up because you've, you've gotten to that point of exhaustion and yeah. fatigue, you know? I like that. So I wanted to ask you, like rewind a little bit, a little bit more about core and abs. And I always tell my clients, especially the ones that are, um, let's say they're in their worst of them mm -hmm. state, um, whether they're obese or whatever, mm -hmm. um, it's, I don't really even have them focus on abs forever because as you mentioned the other day is, you know, abs are created in the kitchen. What do you feel about nutrition and cutting and, and all that stuff? It was eye opening to me, especially during my preps because my coach never had me do abs. I didn't train them once. And during my first experience with the prep, when I had the craziest abs I've ever had in my life, I never did an ab exercise. And I was like, how is this possible? This is back before I really like went, took a deep dive into the fitness world. But mm -hmm. that was my eye-opening experience to make me understand that concept that what is visible on your stomach comes from nutrition. The, um, the lower amount of body fat and making those abs visible comes from your diet. You obviously can train and have and strengthen your core. Like let's say for someone who's a beginner who hasn't really ever trained before, it right. is important to strengthen your core because that's what's going to develop the muscle. But to expose your abs, that comes from your diet. So I had to really realize that. For me personally, my coach didn't have me do a lot of ab work because one, my obliques were completely overdeveloped from back when I was like super young and I would just do a bunch of side bends because I thought that was what I needed for a tiny waist and it was actually the opposite. <laughs> opposite. And it <laughs> and it actually made my, my waist grow wider right. and I had these gnarly obliques that we actually had to kind of like atrophy to, to make- give you some yeah, curve. And I'm still working on it because it was so overdeveloped and I was like, wait, this my brain just exploded, but <laughs> that's what I realized is I, I had the strong core already from years of sports and things like that. So all we needed to do to expose them was to work on my nutrition. And even if that's not shredding down for a show for a normal lifestyle client to expose your abs, that comes from a lower body fat percentage, which comes from losing some of that, um, weight around your belly, that extra body fat, you know, getting rid of artificial sweeteners and all the extra stuff that causes inflammation in your gut. There's a lot of things that can be done to expose abs or like a flat stomach, let's say. 
that doesn't come from doing crunches. Yeah. Um, I'm finding, and through all the people I'm talking to, is heavy as heavy as squatting as you can do, mm-hmm. or deadlifts works your abs probably more than any ab exercise ever mm-hmm. will. Your so, whole body is just like, oh. Yeah, because <laughs> you got to support you all do. that weight, and mm-hmm. your abs have to be activated. Um, so what other modalities, um, you talked about nutrition, I also wanted to ask you, are you any kind of tarian, vegetarian, pescatarian, carnivore? No, I just like food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love food. I um, I try and do, um, I'm easy on the red meat just because my body doesn't digest it as well. I notice a better, I feel better when I don't have as much red meat. So I'll implement steak into my preps, but I'm usually sticking to chicken, lean turkey, eggs, egg whites, sometimes fish when I really have to, but I'm not the biggest fan of fish Mm -hmm. but i'll eat it so i kind of but i'm open i don't really have any restrictions as far as my diet goes and what's your jam after contest like what do you have everything (laughs) i've had donuts after every single show but i think it's just so good but i usually (laughs) like i find myself craving pizza a lot or just like the next morning is usually my favorite when i can go to breakfast and have like the pancakes and the biscuits and gravy and like all the things. But I luckily I like the basics normally. So preps aren't that bad for me. Mm. I mean like peak week and leading up to it's a little tough because you're starting to cut, but Mm -hmm. um, cut really hard. But Mm -hmm. I like the basic holistic um, like whole foods. So Mm -hmm. I'm lucky in that sense that I like that stuff. And what you're so exotic. What are you, what's your ancestry? Like what are you? Uh, My dad's Sicilian and my mom is German. Ah, okay. I like. A little bit of both. <laughs> and you're dancing. What how does that work into your whole program? It doesn't really, okay. to be honest, but I I mean, I've danced my entire life. I've competed, like I said, but um I actually it's interesting because back when I had my like journey, the beginning of my journey when I was losing my confidence was right after my first show when I was like really trying to find myself find my purpose again. And that started the journey of like where I am now. I actually fell out of dancing, which was really interesting because that was a passion of mine for so long. And for me to not want to dance or find the courage to put my dance on social media and like that was weird for me, but I'm finding my way back into it. I actually got a mentor, um, She's like kind of like my life coach, but she's also a professional dancer who I've looked up to for years. And she's kind of helped me break out of my shell and get back into dancing again. Mm -hmm. So I dance more for me. I dance for expression. Um, It's always been like, like therapy, like therapy for me. I just had gotten away from it from a long time. I had, it was almost like having a writer's block. Like I, I wasn't feeling like myself. So I wasn't able to express myself in the way I wanted to express myself, which for me is through dance. So I kind of stopped doing it for a while, but just recently have been kind of getting back into it. Yeah. Um, so dance is not a big part. What other levers do you play with as far as recovery, sleep? And we've talked about nutrition. Mm-hmm. Anything other things that you bring into your program as you go down this road to the show? I I try and stretch and do yoga as much as I possibly can. That's one thing that I realized that I neglected in a lot of not only my preps, but my normal lifestyle is like recovery. Mm. I would be very quick to just like jam out of the gym and skip my foam rolling or like skip the stretching before I went into the gym. And I just don't want to be that person that, 
you know, 20 years from now, I'm like, dang, I really wish I would have paid more attention because my body's hurting. Mm. And, you know, you're putting your body through all of these, you know, challenges. But if you're not paying attention to your, not only your insides, but making sure your outsides are recovering from all of the stress you're putting on it, it's not going to be very happy in the long run. So that for sure. Um, I also meditate every morning. I give myself, I try, I'm trying. <laughs> so like I, I probably do this 50% of the week. I'll give myself a good 20, 15 to 20 minutes in the morning when I wake up. I don't look at my phone, put on some meditation music. I journal, I gratitude. Some people think this is so like woo woo, but like it's started my days so much better it's and not, I'm so much more productive yeah. and I'm a better person when I can start my days like that. And just gratitude. It's yeah. huge. It's oh. hu- it's it's rolled over into every single area of my life and it's also made me open my eyes to um the truth and it's made my open my eyes to my own journey and where I need to be and what I need to be doing and it's helped me drown out the noise. So I think that kind of falls into the recovery arena yeah. as well as yeah. well with like sleep and you know stretching and just being mindful of your body. Yeah. Um, yeah, I teach, um, you know, morning practice as well. It's so good. Yeah, and gratitude, you know, I do five things that I'm grateful for mm-hmm. every day. Me too. And, and there's no wrong way to do it. No, there and isn't. And if you don't do it one day because you're busy, it's okay. You know, right. don't and beat you yourself can't be just, up. It, yes, you can't, you cannot. I did that too, and I was like, oh, crap, I like, I ruined my morning routine already, and I'm like, wait, right. you're learning. Like, it's just progress because last year you weren't doing any of this stuff right so you have to be gentle with yourself too yeah and it 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 you know everyone well i won't say everyone but there are the people out there that hate on this type of stuff and they think it's all metaphysical but i don't know about you but i've done it and kind of manifested things from it that are very positive yes (laughs) so it does work that's why i'm here i'm telling you (laughs) oh that's awesome the power is real you just have to know how to harness it and i wish i could i mean there's some stuff that i wish i could teach that i've like discovered on my own but i'm still in the process of being like wow i really like made this happen i did it myself because i put it there i put it into place i practiced it i manifested it people are like oh whatever i'm like no you don't understand right right <laughs> i did i can show you, <laughs> I can show you. <laughs> but i share those things with people who are open because i know they're going to receive it well i'm not i don't like blast that stuff out there because people are just gonna be like whatever and that's a waste of my energy because they're not ready to receive it the person who's ready will wind up in conversations like this organically yeah i was a lot like a lot like that before but I I wanted to give people a window into my world. So like I have a whole area, I light candles, mm-hmm. I do like a whole little shrine thing mm-hmm. and I post that on social media occasionally just to remind mm-hmm. people. Like yep. cuz it it's it's weird when you're teaching stuff that's kind of outside the norm. You don't know when someone's ready to receive it. Mm-hmm. It might be they heard it somewhere else, and then all of a sudden they see you doing a post, and you're like, and it clicks. It clicks. It comes full circle. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's so, how everything that I wind that I've wound up with now has come. Yeah. Even I'm back at UFC where it all started for me. You know, right. Th- this UFC was a gym that brought my whole fitness journey to fruition. You know, it was the catalyst to where I'm at now. So. 
the fact that UFC Fit opens up a gym 10 minutes from my house, I'm like, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a sign? Weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish people would realize that that's, that's, those are the miracles that we need to recognize. Yeah, well, and, I think the first step to that is just to start to pay more attention and be more present because if you're not present, you're not going to be able to see any of these things or yeah. be willing, not willing, but you're not going to be receptive. Yeah. And this UFC fit is on steroids compared to the gyms, right? This, this is, I it's love huge. this gym. It's huge. It's yeah. wonderful. And it has a really nice balance too of, you know, the, um, the training area and the, um, the area. Fun- yeah, thank you. The yeah. functional training area, as well as the regular, you know, machines and right. cardio equipment. And they right. have the, the bag room too, which is great. It has the boxing aspect of it. Mm-hmm. It's also not as aggressive as like the normal UFC gyms with like the black and the red and the cages. So it's more welcoming. Right. And I think that for the normal person who's not like a crazy athlete, that's going to be more inviting. Yes. So I'm, I already love the energy in there and it's only been open, what, like a week, right. maybe two weeks now. Right, so right. I'm so excited to continue seeing who comes in that gym and who makes that a home for themselves because there's a lot of gyms to choose from here in Las Vegas and yeah. they all possess different vibes. Right. You have to find just like, just like anything else, you have to find what aligns with you. I, to be honest, I'm a little bit of a, a gymaholic. I mm. go to three gyms. I train at Kilo Club in Summerlin. It's a nice gym. Yeah. <laughs> um, I work out at LVAC in Henderson and UFC Fit in Silverado. Mm-hmm. And now my gym is UFC Fit Silverado. Um, so before we end, um, you talked about your next show. What else kind of tie in the show? the the journey you're about to do and what else is you planning on in the next 16 weeks man i just feel like this year is about even just the next 16 weeks in general it's going to be kind of everything that i've been wanting to do and kind of like accumulating in my brain over the last over 2020 and i'm actually putting those things into action now i do way better when i have something to work towards whether it's a show or just a project and so I like to keep that happening because I'm more productive as a person so just having the show in general has kind of like lit a fire underneath me but my podcast I'm hoping to launch by the end of this month I just have some finishing touches to put on it so looking forward to continuing to build that and also continuing to build my coaching I just bought brought on um, a dietitian to my team who's wonderful and combining forces with her it just makes my coaching that next level and bringing in the mindset training. I'm looking to really take the Fearless Collective and make it as a whole an an entirely different coaching experience than what you would normally go to for a coach online. It's not just here's your meal plan, here's your training, go. I want it to be an experience. And so I'm really looking forward to continuing to, to grow that and to figure out exactly what it's supposed to be because I feel like I'm just it's the tip of the iceberg right now for that. So I'm looking to continuing to have more experiences like this, meet new people and grow together and just kind of see where this year takes me. But as far as like specifics, my eyes are just on the world stage right now and continuing to grow this and share my journey along the way and hopefully inspire as many women as I can. I should say people, inspire as many people as I can. Right. So that show is here in Vegas. It is here in Vegas. In, where is it? August. I'm actually not sure yet if they've finalized the, the location, location, but they just brought it back to Vegas. So 
I'll have to come check yes, it it's out. Yes, it's going to be great. Support you. And if you've never seen a WBFF show before, I encourage you to because they're beautiful and they're exciting and it's not like anything you've ever seen before. And how do people find you other than we've, we've tagged your Instagram? Mm -hmm. How do people find your coaching? Um, so the website's still being developed. As I said, I'm rebranding it. So we're okay. working on the website. But I would just say Instagram for sure for right now. Okay. And then YouTube. Um, okay. Christina Lauren, the Fearless Collective is the YouTube channel. And you can also look up the podcast. I would say in the next two to three weeks, it's the Fearless As Fuck podcast. And it'll be available on Apple and Spotify and all your other podcast platforms. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I'm I really glad I ran into you. At I know. <laughs> <laughs> they came through for me once again. Well, um, thank you all for watching and listening. And remember, as soon as you get hooked on this content, the sooner the body you desire and the health you deserve is around the corner. So until next time, I'm out, Fit Fam.